Assalamu alaikum. Peace be upon you. I am Dr. Abdullah Zakaria. Welcome to Medical Matters from the Voice of Islam studio in London. Today we're going to discuss cancer screening. There are around 167,000 cancer deaths in the UK every year. That's nearly 460 every day. Every four minutes, someone in the UK dies from cancer. The lung, bowel, breast and prostate cancers together accounted for almost half of all cancer deaths in the UK. Today I'm joined by Dr. Alg, who is a GP and the cancer lead for London Borough of Martin. Welcome to the program, Dr. Alg. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you so much for having me today. Can I start by asking, what is cancer screening? Screening is a process of offering free tests to people in certain age groups to detect cancer early. If a cancer is detected early at the screening stage, there's a very high chance that it can be fully cured. That is vitally important that we do encourage these tests for ourselves and for our loved ones. Apart from detecting cancer early and treating early, is there any other benefit of doing cancer screening? Absolutely. There are many benefits of doing cancer screening. If you detect a cancer early, the treatments are a lot more simpler and are a lot less harsh. This can mean that you're in hospital a lot less and you're able to go and carry on with your activities and go back to work a lot earlier. Absolutely. Thank you. And I know that there are different types of cancer screening programs in the UK. Do you want to tell us uh, about them? There are three main cancer screening programs in the UK. Breast screening, bowel cancer screening, and cervical cancer screening. There are also interesting projects that have been launched, such as lung cancer screening for certain people. Right. And and is that, you know, pretty much three conventional, traditional has been going on for some time and the new one is lung cancer screening. So we'll go one by one. So if we could start with um, breast screening first. Um, so what, how, what does it involve doing all the screening programs? I mean, how do they do it? What's the age category and so on? If you could tell us a bit more about that. So breast screening is carried out with the use of a special x-ray called a mammogram. And women are invited from the ages of 50 to 70 every three years to have this special x-ray. If you're over 70, you can still have this screening test, but you have to request it from your local provider. This special x-ray is quick and easy to do and, can, and is often done within a few minutes with a report coming back within a few days or a few weeks. Right. And if someone is not receiving any invitation, can they contact them directly, the screening program? Absolutely. So each screening program in the boroughs have a number and a contact details to, to get through to if you haven't received an invitation and they're very more and your GP is also happy to assist you with this in case you've been missed or in case you haven't got the invitation. So, for example, we are in southwest of London and there's a big centre here in St. George's known as Rose Centre, I believe, and you can contact them and you can find this telephone phone numbers you know, online and you can contact them. I guess that's the easy way to do that. There are lots of screening centres in South London, actually. Um, often 
it's you're within a few miles away of a screening center. The local one, that big one, is St George's, but there's also one in Sutton, uh, and and in all the nearby boroughs. Okay, sure. And and throughout the country, there will be more um, programs. And what about bowel cancer? So bowel cancer screening is really important. It involves doing a bowel cancer test that comes through the post. This is a really simple bit of kit which involves doing a stool sample, so a, a passing some stool, and using this special test called a FIT test to take a small sample of the stool and send it off in the prepaid envelope. This goes off to a laboratory who then give you a response back to say that everything is clear. And in this test, they're looking for micro, small amounts of blood in the s- stool, which could be a sign of bowel cancer. And if that is found, then you have further tests in hospital. The age group is between 60 to 74. However, the NHS is expanding this and eventually will include people between 50 to 59 as well. Right. And there are you know, there would be a leaflet within the pack to explain how to do it because it's not like a conventional one that you collect stool sample and put it in a pot, but there is some other way to do it and there's a special pot and there's some specialty how to actually collect it. So it's all uh, explained and if you want to know about different language issue, I will touch upon this language issue later on, but I guess uh, it is available online to go and search for different languages. Is Is that the case? Absolutely. There, is, there are leaflets available in many different languages to explain what the bowel cancer screening program involves. And like you said, Dr. Zakaria, it's a s- small stick that you insert into the stool and you put back into the tube. It's very easy and very quick to do. You put it back into the envelope that it came with and you send it through the conventional post Sure. So it doesn't cost anything to anyone, and it's really a good way to detect early uh, if, if you know, unfortunately there is a blood found, then you will go through further tests, and if anything comes up, then it can be treated easily. Thank you very much. So I will go to the next one, which is cervical screening. What is cervix? If, if I can ask, <laughs> with cervical screening, people may not know what it is. So the cervix is the lowest part of the womb of a woman. And in this area, we know that women can get cervical cancer. The cervical cancer screening program involves doing a test called a smear test between the ages of 25 to 64. This is a simple test that can be done with the nurse or the GP in your GP practice. It takes just a few minutes and involves taking a few cells, so using a small brush to brush against the cervix and sending this off to the laboratory. Excellent. And I guess this will be the case for another few more years because there is a vaccination program going on to prevent cancer unless that kicks in and it will carry on. So if you receive an invitation from your GP practice, it is predominantly done by nurses. I haven't seen anyone, uh, any GPs doing it. So, it, and, and our nurses are mainly female nurses, so there shouldn't be any issue of cultural barrier and so on, which we may touch upon later on. So cervical cancer is um, and up to the age of, I think, 49. You do every three years from 25? Yes, so you get an invite every three years from the age of 25 to 49, 
And then from 49 to 64 or 50 to 64, you get an invitation every five years. And this invitation comes through the post and is organized nationally by the NHS. Although you do the tests at your GP practice, the invitations come from the the NHS. NHS. And as you mentioned, really importantly, there is a vaccine to try and help prevent cervical cancer. It's really important to discuss today because this is a vaccine that is actually offered to teenage children. If they receive the vaccine, it actually reduces the chance of cancer by at least 90%. And so any parents that get an invitation for their children to have this vaccine in school, it's very, very important that they take up this vaccine because it could save their lives in the future. Absolutely. And this is another um, way to prevent cancer. Our agenda today is the prevention uh, of cancer and screening is the mainstay of uh, uh, this modality. Uh, So we're discussing this, but vaccination is equally important. Thank you. So the the other element, the new kid in the block is the lung cancer screenings. If you can throw some light on this particular topic. I'm really excited to talk about the targeted lung health screening. This is a new initiative and it's being launched nationally. This involves inviting people who have ever smoked before or are current smokers between the ages of 55 to 74 to do a lung health check. If they are deemed to be high risk of getting lung cancer, they are offered a free scan on the NHS to look for lung cancer early. If lung cancer is found early, it can be fully cured with surgery and a person can live a normal and healthy life. So that is launching and is a new initiative. It's important that we all keep aware of this and if invited, please do take part in the programme. Thank you very much. So I would like to um, come back to the cultural issues that uh, overall take-up rate of all those screening programmes are particularly low in certain um ethnicity, cultural break, people from cultural break, different cultural background. If you could um, discuss this, please, for us. Absolutely. Thank you for bringing this up. Screening is an important part to try and reduce cancer deaths. We know that screening rates for breast and cervical cancer are lower among women from ethnic minority groups, particularly South Asian women. South Asian people also have a lower rate of taking part in the bowel cancer screening program. The reason for this is complex. We may relate to language barriers, cultural issues, worries and concerns about the tests, not understanding what the tests involve. But it's really important that we're having this conversation today to try and encourage our community to improve the, up, to, to improve the completion of these tests so that people don't miss out. Absolutely. So it's very important that uh, we uh, encourage people. And if there is any questions or any dilemma or any worries, so please do discuss with your uh, with your GPs or nurses. Uh, or online is a great you know tool. NHS website is there. Cancer screening website is there. And there is a national charity, uh, Cancer Research, a very good source of all, all all this information. So please do do your own um, own research. Now, um, I know there is another element. So we do come across this uh, situation of prostate cancer at the moment in the UK. We don't have screening program, but uh, we do have uh, some people coming in and ask for test. Uh, do you want to tell us what sort of test is available and uh, when should we really do this? So prostate cancer 
affects the prostate gland. This is something that men have, and it's connected to the bladder. Prostate cancer, if detected early, again, can be fully cured. We don't have a screening program for prostate cancer. However, we do know that there's a special blood test called a PSA blood test, which is a very simple test that can be ordered by your GP. If a, if a man has a concern about prostate cancer and does this blood test, and this comes back high, they may have prostate cancer, and then they can be referred to the specialist who can do further scans to decide whether they have cancer or not and treat it. We often know that South Asian men are particularly poor at attending their GP with worrying symptoms. Often the wives are having to encourage them to come and see the doctor, and this can relate to embarrassment about their symptom, lack of knowledge, and so we really want to empower our South Asian men to see the doctor and discuss prostate cancer and have this blood test if they are concerned. And ethnicity-wise, the black population is also very high risk, uh, particularly if they have family history and so on. Excellent. So thank you very much for explaining this uh, particular PSA test. Uh, can I ask you about something that when someone develop any symptom, should they rely on their recent screening test, which is happened to be negative? It's really important that we discuss this today. If someone has worrying symptoms, they must see their doctor straight away. They cannot rely on having a normal screening test beforehand. So an example would be if a woman had a normal cervical screen test when she was 50, but she gets unusual bleeding a year later, she must still talk to her GP about this, and she cannot rely on that normal test that was done a year ago. So that screening is only for people who do not have worrying symptoms and is a routine program that occurs every few years. Symptoms must go to the GP. So if screening is for only for healthy people, and if you have symptoms of any of like any worrying things, you need to go and seek uh, advice for rapid access uh, cancer uh, treatment uh, program. Do you want to tell us about this, what GP will do? Let's say, for example, given that NHS has got 7.7 million waiting uh, list and people must be worried that even if you, if I go to the GP, it will take long. But can you tell us how can they then uh, expedite this um, pathway? Whilst there are long waiting lists on the NHS, I want to reassure everyone today that if you see your GP about a cancer-related symptom and your GP is also worried, there are rapid assessment clinics available for your GP to send you to. And those clinics are so quick that they often see you within a couple of weeks. So it's important not to hide and not see the GP if you are worried. There are different clinics for different cancers but we also know there is a new form of clinic called the Rapid Access Clinic. These clinics are designed to detect cancer in, in people who we're not sure where the cancer is coming from. If the GP sends you to this clinic, you will see within a few days, have some urgent scans within a couple of days after that, and know within a week or two whether you may have a cancer or not. So if your GP does send you for this test and this clinic, it's important that you do attend. Thank you very much. I think this point is very clear. And uh, if you have symptoms of any worrying symptoms or losing weight 
or you may have seen blood in your uh, stool or may have detected lump in your breast or you may have bleeding. Um, these are all very worrying symptoms um, and you should seek advice immediately. And if someone is on the phone, if you explain these symptoms, and nowadays in general practice, they do soft triaging via the receptionist or online portal, and, and you will have immediate access. And I believe uh, that's the right thing to do. Excellent. Thank you very much. If in case anyone develops cancer, then what to expect as a way of management? Cancer diagnosis does not mean a death sentence. Many of us will get cancer in our lives. Some cancers are very common, such as breast cancer. One in seven women will get breast cancer. Prostate cancer, one in six men will get prostate cancer in their lives. And we know that if cancer is detected early, there are many treatments available. The treatments generally can be divided into three main types. There's surgery, where you can have an operation to try to cure and remove the cancer or the tumor. There are medicines, and there's different types of medicines for different cancers. This can include chemotherapy and immunotherapy. These are different types of treatments for different cancers. Sometimes they come in tablets, and sometimes they come as drips. Some people go to the hospital at regular intervals to receive these treatments. And sometimes there can be some side effects, which can be tackled with other treatments and other medicines. And then there's also radiotherapy. This is a special type of x-ray which can help cure the cancer as well. Right. Uh, and out of all those treatments, uh, there may be some side effects which people really are afraid of. Um, do you want to tell us a bit more and if there is a side effect, how to tackle them? Because many of these treatments have been around for some time now, doctors are well aware of the side effects that could occur and so are prepared. So it's important that you're not afraid to get this treatment because if there is a side effect, there can often be a cure for the side effect. So we know that sometimes... There can be pain, which can be tackled with painkillers. You can get nausea with some of these treatments, and that can be tackled very easily with anti-nausea medications. And so there is a lot of support and treatment available for any side effects that you might get. Right. And um, along with this support element, so once someone is diagnosed, they're emotionally a bit upset about uh, the, the, the diagnosis and uh, they might need some support uh, how to navigate the system. They're, you know, it, they may be out of their job for attending so many appointments or maybe the side effects that we just discussed. What sort of support is available um, for this cancer uh, treatment? I work with a lot of charities and groups that support people who have cancer. They also support relatives of those who have cancer. And it's really important that we are aware of this and use these resources because they are free. So Macmillan is a famous charity that is nationally available. They can help with the financial support with people who have cancer who perhaps can't work. They also provide mental health and emotional support for people who are having a tough time. They can help organize your appointments and just be a very kind, friendly face to talk to. There's also well-being centres. So each of the major hospitals in the local area has a Macmillan well-being centre where you can walk in without an appointment to get some advice and some help. We also know that in general practice we have social prescribers. These are not doctors or nurses but these are very knowledgeable people who can help 
direct you to other services that can help you in your journey with cancer. We also know that there are brilliant charities called hospices. These are places that support people who have advanced disease, not just cancer, but other conditions. They can help with the physical side effects of treatments, but they can also help with the emotional support that's needed for people who may have cancer. And they can also see you in the centre, the wellbeing centre. You don't have to be staying there the night as an inpatient. They have these treatments available. Right. And and social prescriber, you just mentioned, we had... Uh we had we have done an episode on uh, entire episode on the social prescriber, um, but work and availability and what they do. So I would say if anybody wants to know about them, please go and look at the podcast, uh, and you can um, you you can listen to the program again. Now, in terms of the support that uh, is available, we know that from our practice that. Uh, uh, mainly Asian population, South Asian population, their you know their take up rate again is low. Is there any way that you can direct them to any website that they can go to, perhaps, or maybe endorse it that look that they are not there to uh, rip you off or anything. This is not a scam or anything. So you there is a benefit uh, um, to to achieve by using them. I want to reassure everyone listening that these services are approved for supporting people in the NHS, especially those who your GP refers you to. Macmillan can be available accessed online on their main website. They also have services in local areas and they are available in hospitals and can be easily accessed with, an, with just calling them. The social prescribers work with the GPs in the practice and they are also approved to work and they are not there to promote or sell anything to you. They are really knowledgeable about everything that is available on the, for free on the NHS, but also outside of the NHS. And it's important that all people from different communities access these services because it's available for everyone. Right. Thank you very much. I think um, we have covered uh, quite a lot of area, starting from... Um, how to detect early by doing the cancer screening and what are the different types of cancers, cancer screenings available uh, and there are certain tests available to detect prostate cancer and we also spoke about a cultural variation. Uh, we discussed the symptoms versus um, the cancer screening. Um, we have touched upon the treatment part of it, you know, and it's a lot of the cancers are very much treatable. Um, and and we are going to go to the top tips in a second. Uh, now, finally, top tips for our listeners. Um, so if you could summarize and give us a top tips, why should we be preventing cancer and what's the benefit of it? And perhaps um, um, what can people do to make sure that as much as possible that there are four screening programs there may be more coming in the future we don't know um, so if you could do that please for us so as well as attending your cancer screening tests there are other things that you can do to try and reduce the risk of you getting cancer in the first place we know that four in ten cancer cases can be prevented in the UK that's 135,000 people per year and that's a lot of people Things that you can do in your lifestyle now to reduce the risk of cancer include 
avoiding the use of tobacco, stopping smoking basically, trying to keep a healthy weight and avoiding obesity, avoid having excess alcohol, try to reduce your exposure to harming sunlight without having you know, protection from sun cream. We know certain foods can increase the risk of cancer. This includes red meat and processed meat that can increase your risk of bowel cancer. And of course, it's important that you're aware of some worrying symptoms so that you know when to see your GP urgently. This includes losing weight where you weren't expecting it or extreme tiredness. And then there are certain symptoms for certain cancers which important to know. So if you have a change in your bowels or blood in your stool, it's important that you talk to your doctor about bowel cancer. If you have an unexplained breast lump, you see your doctor about potential breast cancer. If you're coughing up blood or have a cough for more than a month, you, you must discuss this with your doctor. With regards to prostate, you have to look out for uh, any changes in the passage of urine or blood in the urine. And of course, with skin cancer, you've got to look for any unusual growths on the skin and your GP can have a look at that and reassure you or send you to a specialist if need be. Excellent. So uh, I was just uh, thinking when you explained this first three risk factors like tobacco, smoking, alcohol and obesity, I was thinking about we are doing this program from uh, uh, of Islam studio. So in Islam, in our religion, it's, you know, this alcohol and tobacco to some extent is actually uh, discouraged. So uh, alcohol is forbidden, tobacco is discouraged. And the obesity-wise, there is a you know, famous saying that uh, our Holy Prophet of Islam says, like, you should keep one third of your stomach empty rather than having very full meal. Um, so it's really a part in it. So I thought that, you know, people maybe who are listening to this program, maybe in terms of like a, a healthy lifestyle, um, if we follow those things that may reduce uh, the incidence of uh, cancer. Thank you very much. Uh, so this brings us to the end of our show. Uh, I would like to thank um, our guest, Dr. Al, my team and listeners. For feedback, please email us to medicalmatters at voiceofislam.co.uk. You can listen to this episode again by logging on to www.voiceofislam.co.uk. Until next time, assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all.